Well, good morning, Chris. Good and, morning. And uh, thank you for coming down to the Winnipeg Metro office to uh, have a conversation with us about metro region planning and strategic infrastructure investment. And uh, really, I wanted to pick your brain a bit about, you know, some of the projects that we've been working on collaboratively over the, the years around strategic infrastructure investment and the importance of transportation. And I just want to talk to you a bit about, you know, the Metro Region uh, Growth Plan and what that means and how that all um, fits together with a strategic investment. And what are your sure. thoughts on that? Well, I think if we do it right, this should be an exciting time and it should be a legacy line drawing time. In the sense that uh, if we're going to compete regionally, nationally, continentally, or globally, uh, we have to set the table. And for that to happen, Manitoba has to lead. Uh, it has to have the partnership of the metropolitan region municipalities. It has to create the investment environment, and it does that in part by ensuring that we are competitive from a tax perspective, that we have a well-planned and maintained and strategically investment-based infrastructure that supports trade and welcomes investment from outside the province in particular, and that we have a business approval process that doesn't make it impossible for uh, the absence of certainty as it relates to if I apply, when will I know what the decision is. So it's an important time for Manitoba, it's an important time for the capital region, and it's an important opportunity for us to really create a bed upon which we can establish new jobs and investment. You know, you've been at this a long time. I think since 1991, you've been with Manitoba Heavy Construction Association. And before that, you had a long history in politics and you were a city councillor, I think, for eight or 12. Nine years. And you were a city councillor for nine years. What are some of the changes you've seen in these, say, last 25 years? And why do you think now might be an opportunity to actually get this done? I think for the first time, there's reason to be reasonably optimistic that there is a willingness to separate clutter from substance and that historically it's been the clutter uh, of silo thinking of um, constituency priority issues only to the detriment of the broader bigger picture that has prevented Manitoba achieving what it, what it has yet to achieve. So I think the separation of uh, clutter and substance is something that is emerging. What I hope emerges is a disciplined, purpose-driven, vision-embracing direction by the province in real, not just spoken partnership with the Winnipeg metropolitan region. The 18 municipalities are really the key uh, to the engine of Manitoba's economic growth and her opportunities. And I hope that that is something that is recognized by the current provincial government, that the WMR municipalities realize the pivotal role that they play, and that we embrace the concept of let's together grow Manitoba. So Chris, you are also one of the founding directors on the board of Centreport Canada. And can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, why is Centreport Canada important for our growing metro region and why do we should be keeping an eye on this? I'm going to paraphrase Perrin Beattie because that's a really good question. Perrin Beattie said, there's the infrastructure we want, like parks and recreation, the infrastructure we need, like healthcare and education, 
And then there's the infrastructure that pays for it, and it's trade infrastructure. Manitoba historically has been a trade and transportation hub. We lost a little bit of that luster. We lost a lot of that position for a variety of reasons that are historical in nature. However, we now have the opportunity of reinvigorating and reinvesting and re-engineering our place in our country, our place in the continent, and our place in the world. And Centreport is that ticket. Now, for those who say it's not important and hasn't been embraced by the private sector, I simply point out to the $700 million plus dollars already invested in the Centreport footprint, mostly by companies and investment entities from outside Manitoba and from outside Canada who believe in the motto that Centerport stands for better, cheaper, faster global trade, better, cheaper, faster domestic trade, better, cheaper, faster continental trade. And all of that spells jobs and growth. Centerport is the linchpin investment, a legacy investment that can and will transform who we are as a province in our country, on the continent and in the world. Okay, Chris, although Centreport is located in two of the metro region municipalities, can you just tell me a little bit about how that benefits the entire region? Well, without a magnet that attracts investment, we have nothing. So it really wouldn't matter that we have a capital region or don't have a capital region. The magnet that is investing, that is attracting the investment, is Centreport because where it is geographically located. It happens to straddle the borders of two municipalities, but from my perspective, that's irrelevant. What is relevant is that we have trade transportation investments. What's relevant is that we have all three class one rails intersecting the footprint. What's relevant is that we are proximate to the global market, proximate to the U.S. market, that we can be one of Canada's global trade gateways. If you look at Western Canada, we should be harnessing Churchill Centreport in Manitoba and in British Columbia, Prince Rupert and Delta Port as Canada's four global trade gateways to ensure that Western Canada as a trade corporation provides the kinds of investment opportunities and careers and jobs that we aspire to. And Manitoba is a linchpin to that being possible. And although a lot of the activity is happening in and around the Centreport area, there has to be spin-off benefits to the other municipalities. If we're going to work regionally, the benefits are shared by everyone. Well, and those benefits are already beginning to materialize. We have shared water services. We will have the extension of sewer and water into the westlands of, of Centreport. We will have investment in trade-enabling infrastructure that straddles not just Rosser and Winnipeg, but other of the surrounding municipalities. It enables the reality of transportation moving people to jobs and products to market. It enables the reality of jobs. It enables the reality of careers. And it enables the reality of a certain and enhanced standard of living. And those people live all over the region. They work all over the region. There's businesses that, you know, rely on the trade uh, and manufacturing and the, the hub that's created at Centreport to have their businesses across the metro region and beyond. The ag sector is not based just in the capital region. It's all over the province. But it needs facilities that can receive and export to market the products that our ag sector grows. Again, that's a role that Centerport can discharge and can discharge effectively. Again, better, faster, cheaper, and that's good for all of us.
Excellent. Well, thank you, Chris. We really appreciate the support of Manitoba Heavy throughout the years, and we'll look for your continued involvement and engagement as we begin to move this plan forward. You'll have it. What do you think is at stake if we don't do this? Well, our, our social and our economic wealth, our ability to provide careers, opportunities for our kids and, and their kids. Uh, basically, our quality of life and standard of living is what's at stake. Uh, we have the geography, we have the location, we have uh, the necessary inputs to become a global trading partner and player, but it's really dependent on us. Are we prepared to make the necessary decisions? Are we prepared to shape and execute on a vision and on a mandate uh, that warms up to the notion that investment is good, foreign investment is excellent, uh, that All of that combined creates an expanded and enhanced standard of living and quality of life in a fantastic province. So Chris, do you have one piece of advice that you might give the metro region mayors and Reeves as they begin to envision how they're going to execute this collaborative regional plan? I think probably the most difficult challenge, uh, and at the same time it should be an easy decision, is to lose the notion of silo thinking. Um, It is so important to embrace a partnership. Uh, It is so important to embrace a vision. It is so important to understand that the market will decide where it wishes to invest. But without that investment, none of our silo priorities uh, will ever come to reality. So it's the broader vision, the broader good, the broader picture that we need to paint and be disciplined to its purposes. Chris, you know, we've been tasked to create a regional land use servicing and infrastructure prioritization uh, strategy or plan for the metro region. And, you know, we are going to need all hands on deck for this. We're going to need to be working with our private partners. We're going to be working with industry associations. And I'm just wondering, like, how do you see Manitoba Heavy Construction, you know, supporting and helping us move this plan forward? Well, we've helped champion the development of a strategic trade infrastructure uh, approach for the capital region. I had the privilege of chairing that committee. So whether it's in that capacity or participating on advisory or steering committees that are supportive of Let's Grow Manitoba, we're in with both feet. I know you've been working on this for a long time. I think we're going to be having more conversations in the future as we move on. And we're going to be picking your brain a little bit more on certain areas as the plan begins to unfold. As a kind of closing comment, we've been asking all of our guests, if they could talk to any one person in the world, sit down and talk to them, who would that one person be for you? That's a really interesting question. He's not alive, but I would have loved to have had an opportunity to speak with Nelson Mandela for a variety of human rights uh, and social reasons. Uh, From a uh, visionary perspective, I'd love to speak to Bill Gates. And from a just general worldly smarts perspective, uh, I would really appreciate an opportunity with Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. Wow, that would be quite a a powerhouse table if you could get them all together. It sure would. Well, thank you so much, Chris. We really appreciate you being part of uh, our little podcast. And really, we're really hoping to get the voices of all of our community leaders and all of those people that really drive our community towards brighter futures. So thank you. You know, we should all embrace Let's Grow Manitoba. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us on Creative Resolutions in Action. If you enjoyed this episode, 
please be sure to check out episode two, where we sit down with Lanny McGuinness from the Manitoba Home Builders and talk about what the development community's hopes and fears are when we move towards a coordinated approach to land use and infrastructure investment in the Winnipeg metropolitan region. Join us next week for episode four, where we talk with Robert Sanford from the United Nations University Institute for Water, Environment and Health, where we talk about the impact of a changing climate on our water and in particular, Lake Winnipeg. Creative resolutions in action. Manitobans building strong communities.